Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, November 18th. S&P futures are up about seven points. That's 20 basis points. NASDAQ futures are rallying about 40 bit points. That's about 30 basis points. The major European indices are rallying about 20 basis points. Asia was mixed overnight with weakness in Japan and the other indices traded relatively well. So it's very, very calm morning this morning. Um, very quiet price action in Europe and the US. You know, futures in European stocks are essentially flat to up small. No huge headlines overnight to note that are really disrupting markets. Um, you know, just a couple of things to note of interest. I think you are seeing a mild evolution in the US stimulus stimulus narrative. So the odds of fiscal action before the January 20th inauguration continue to fade. You had McConnell speak yesterday, was relatively adamant about that half trillion dollar ceiling as far as any incremental COVID-related stimulus, wants to see any action to be very targeted. Um, you had then Pelosi and Schumer both come out um, and, and reiterated how you need you know over a trillion dollars worth of stimulus. So there's still a very wide gap between the two sides. The Georgia runoffs obviously make it very difficult for anything controversial to happen in Washington, um, as well as, you you know, again, the fact that stocks are at highs, you have a lot of vaccine optimism, the fact you are not seeing economic data really collapse um, despite the surge in cases. All of that, I think, um, you know, makes it that there's just not a lot of pressure being applied to Congress. Um, because of that, you are seeing, I think, expectations for the Fed start to shift. So the Fed has a meeting coming up on, on December 16th. Um, just a couple weeks a weeks ago, this had been thought to be a relatively innocuous meeting where there would not be action taken. Um, I think that's starting to change. So you had a bunch of Fed officials yesterday, um, you know, express some concern around the state of the economy. They talked about how Q4, um, you know, especially the months of November and December, will see um, headwinds to growth because of COVID. They did also lament the act the absence of fiscal stimulus in Washington. So, you know, I think all that put together um, suggests that the odds of Fed action on December 16th now are rising. So the question is whether or not they increase the pace of quantitative easing. So remember, they're already buying a lot, $120 billion a month, um, 80 billion of treasuries, 40 billion of MBS, or do they just shift the purchases further out on the curve? So I think the latter right now is, is the approximate consensus for December 16th that they're just going to be shifting those purchases further out on the curve, which is still important. Um, I don't think at this point in time, you're going to see an increase in quantitative easing, although that could shift depending on how um, you know COVID and, the, and data evolve over the coming weeks. Um, but that, I think, is kind of a notable evolution in the U.S. stimulus um, narrative in the last probably 48 hours. Remember, the ECB is still coming up on December 10th. That's a huge area of focus. Um, you know, again, the ECB is widely expected to increase its quantitative easing stimulus by about a half trillion euros on that date. Um, and actually, I think you're, you're starting to see the ECB push back a little bit because they have allowed expectations to get a little frothy ahead of that meeting. Um, and so you're starting to see them push back just a tiny bit. So um, you know, I think to the extent expectations start to creep up above half a trillion euros for quantitative easing bounce out of the ECB, um, you know, that probably creates some some risk into that meeting just because, like I said, I think 
expectations have been building for weeks and weeks into that. Um, as far as COVID is concerned, it's, it's very much more of the same. So you have a lot of bleak near-term headlines. You have cases continue to surge, um, hospitalizations are rising, et cetera. And then you are seeing more states and local governments enact mitigation steps. You had a bunch announced yesterday. I'm sure you'll have more in the coming days as well. You are seeing states avoid the wholesale lockdowns of March and April. Um, and I think you are going to see them continue to do that. Um, you know, I think they, they, you know, I think there is just a greater understanding of the virus and the types of activities that are highest risk. And I think those will be the first to get shut down. Um, so you're not going to see, again, the wholesale kind of shelter in place orders that certain states um, enacted back in March and April. But nevertheless, the, the mitigation actions will be a headwind to growth. You are not seeing it show up yet in the data, in the official government data. Some of the higher frequency indicators are certainly showing um, a softening in momentum. You did see the government um, retail sales number that was out yesterday morning fell short of expectations. That is one of my least favorite numbers as far as just um, providing insight into the state of the consumer because on the same morning, you also had earnings out of Walmart, Kohl's, and Home Depot. All of them were re- very solid. You know, The stocks didn't necessarily see a huge rally for a variety of different reasons. But if you listen to the conference call, um, if you listen to the various conference calls and you look through the specific numbers, um, you know they're not expressing any concern at all about the state of the consumer. Um, you know, comps were very solid for all of them. They uh, most of them talked about positive linearity in terms of the quarter ending on a positive note and trends staying healthy um, into into the current quarter. Um, you know, so again, I don't think you're necessarily seeing the consumer fall off a cliff, um, but certainly you are seeing um, obviously headwinds are building because of COVID. Um, so in terms of news for this morning, like I said, there's really not much to talk about. Economic data is very minimal. No huge central bank headlines for this morning. Um, on the company-specific front, again, r- relatively slow in terms of um, earnings reports. There are a couple of interesting names to note. That, uh, you can check the piece for them, but again, nothing that's really going to shift the overall market. Um, you know, The NCLH uh, secondary that hit last night was just the latest example of, of these um, you know, epicenter companies taking advantage of the rally to raise equity and bolster their balance sheets. Um, and again, that still is the biggest theme in the market in the U.S. right now is investors trying to grapple with this question of, um, you know, is this going to be a real sustained multi-month rotation out of growth momentum stocks into cyclical value ones? Um, or is this one going to kind of peter out and short circuit like all the others have? You know, I think this one does feel different. Um, you know, again, I think the vaccines that we saw, the Pfizer and Moderna data, the blowout figures, the fact you are going to see these vaccines start to get rolled out to certain higher risk individuals before the end of this year. Um, and you could see these things get uh, made available to the general population by perhaps as soon as March or April. Um, that does certainly shift, I think, the calculus as far as uh, how aggressive people want to be on this rotation. You saw that yesterday where in the morning, it looked like people were going to start booking profits in some of those epicenter stocks that have surged since the Pfizer data hit last Monday. Um, but that really did not occur. And if anything, those stocks gained momentum throughout the session, just showing that you know, this market is not positioned at all for an economy that's kind of fully normalized, fully vaccinated by the middle of 2021. Um, and that I think is going to create, um, you know, further runway for this rotation to continue. For the broader market, though, you know, the S and P just, you know, you are at at pretty frothy levels as far as valuation. So, you know, bulls have completely bypassed 2021 now and are looking to 2022 in order to justify further gains. Um, you know, the $170 of earnings for 2021 is a relatively normalized figure. Um, you know, that already embeds a lot of recovery in earnings, corporate activity, et cetera. 
Uh, and then the 2022 figure of $196 is 15% growth off of that. So a lot of earnings growth is embedded in that 2022 figure. And you're already trading over 18 times that number for the overall market. Um, you know, so again, I think the I think you are going to see continued rotation for the in, within the market, but the overall S and P, um, you know, really it, it's it, I struggle to kind of see much more upside for it, just given where valuations currently stand. Um, so that is the broader overview on the tape. Again, not a ton of major news to talk about today, as far as earnings. Um, uh, as far as the calendar for Tuesday, the uh, for Wednesday, the focus will remain on earnings. So you have Lowe's, Target, and TJX out this morning. So again more October and retail reports. And then NVIDIA comes out after the close um, also for its October end report. So that is everything for today. Um, thank you for listening.